Your employees expect top-tier medical benefits like comprehensive care access, but how can you balance these expectations against rising costs across your full benefits portfolio? Find savings and opportunities in your most highly utilized benefit, your pharmacy plan. Did you know that hospital employees fill 25% more prescriptions each year than other industries? How can you tell if all those prescriptions were needed or if you could have had significant cost savings by filling at your own hospital pharmacies? Tap into these opportunities with an independent pharmacy benefits partner and solutions designed around your unique requirements and resources. Rx Benefits provides pharmacy benefit strategies, from expert advisory services to programs that leverage your hospital pharmacy's purchasing power, all while offering competitive benefits with award-winning customer service. We've been working with hospitals for over 15 years, and our clients range from rural and critical access hospitals to large health systems, with healthcare-specific solutions that make the most of hospital assets and dispensing capabilities. Visit us at employers.rxbenefits.com or click the link in the show notes to learn how to boost your benefits with an optimized pharmacy plan. Astro listeners, welcome to an episode, another episode of the Astro Podcast. I'm your co-host, Luke Kerrigan, here with your other esteemed co-host, Bo Brabo, live coming at you from Savannah, Georgia at the Astro Executive Summit. We have the pleasure of having Jonathan Sobel here with us. Jonathan is the Vice President of Strategic Workforce Planning and Development at Northwell Health up in New York. So pretty big job, pretty big place, taking care of a lot of people. So... Jonathan, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Luke. Thanks, Bo. Pleasure to be here with you both. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we were talking right before the show, and tell us a little bit about your journey. So you have, it's not the typical HR journey that Definitely we see not. here. Definitely so yeah, tell, you take it from there. Tell the tell the listeners how this started. Yeah, so I, I uh, started out as a, a PA, a physician associate, uh, working in pediatric open heart surgery at our children's hospital. Um before it was part of our health system. So it was still a standalone uh, facility. Mm. I did that for about three years, and then I uh, went into adult cardiac surgery altogether. My time in, in open heart was about 20 years, wow. during which I worked in the uh, operating room, in the in first assisting the surgeons, taking a vein you know, for bypass surgery, um, worked in the ICU, taking wow. care of post-open heart patients, uh, you know, and then eventually I um, started uh, as a supervisor for the PAs in, in open heart. Um, so that went on for a little while and then had the opportunity to move to Manhattan when we acquired Lenox Hill Hospital, which was a, a storied institution, uh, really a pioneer in the cardiac space. Yeah. It gotten itself into some financial trouble and became part of Northwell Health in 2010. And uh, they were looking for a PA director as that uh, sort of had become the trend was to have a single leader of your PA and or NP staff mm-hmm. uh, in, in hospitals and continues to this day to see that trend. Right. Um, and so I did that uh, at two of our locations for about 10 years and then started thinking about next steps. So uh, I'd done a lot of volunteer work. Um, I was president of the American Academy of Physician Associates, been involved at the state level, been involved in the cardiac surgery uh, volunteer side, and so had really started to hone my leadership skills over that time frame. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then 
Go ahead. No, I was just, I think that's a great pathway into a discussion on career pathways. Yes. If you will, because it's not the typical path, um, mm-hmm. but it's a, I think it's a very valuable path that yeah. you bring to the HR field, the healthcare mm-hmm. HR field today, your team, the people that are here at the ASHRA conference, other healthcare executives, healthcare HR executives across the country. Yes. Uh, on truly developing HR. Um, you being developed in HR with your HR skills, but mm-hmm. what you bring to the table for them in the business of healthcare, because your understanding of it is is at a very intimate level. Yes. Right. Talk to us a little bit and to the listeners on how individuals from the clinical side who make the jump, how valuable that can be, and how you help your teams understand Northwell's business. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's one of the things I really like talking about is the business of healthcare. I actually mm-hmm. do uh, a course on it for our uh, ACP fellows when they start. We call our APPs ACPs. Um, and so uh, it's definitely a perspective where you've been there. You've, you know, seen how different roles interact with other roles. Um, you've, you know, dealt with the, you know, microcosms uh, that happen in those roles and mm-hmm. how, uh, you know, they have to be navigated. You understand how um, the administrators um, get or don't get the situations, you know, on the ground. Um, and so it gives you a, a full insight, you know, as yeah. to, you know, in HR where we're working to, um, you know, find people, develop people, grow them, et cetera. Um, but if you don't understand what you're specifically doing at that level, um, it's not as effective. And so I spent a lot of time with my team members and our one-to-ones kind of teaching about it. You know, I'll come mm-hmm. in as a guest um, uh, for one of the, you know, team meetings, wherever they want me uh-huh. uh, to come in and speak to them. And we'll just pick a topic and go for it, whether it's, you know, uh, reimbursement payers uh, yeah. or if it's, uh, you know, something on the... Uh, you know, surge planning, like why does it happen? What, what goes on in a hospital? Why, why does sometimes it's crowded and sometimes it's not, you know, or what is throughput about, you know, like where are the, are the, uh, the log jams that happen in the hospital? Why do they happen? Why are they important? Why do they matter? Right. And all the various nuances of that all the way, you know, tied into reimbursement from the government or patient experience or any of those things. Yeah. No, I think that's critical. I had an opportunity um, last spring was speaking at a, an HR management club at a local university near where I live. And, you know, you, you give your little speech about HR and so forth. And then they start asking questions. These are college students. And one of the things that didn't resonate with me, nobody was saying this to me when I was a young college student, you know, and going through starting my first HR job um, was the industry focus. Mm-hmm. Right. And the more you can learn, because you think HR is HR, HR is HR, yeah. right? You're doing the same kind of functions. Maybe true, but they, there's some very deep industry nuances that if you focus on an industry that you enjoy or you think you'd enjoy and you talk to people within the industry like yourself, you can really build your industry expertise so you can be valuable to the organization as a whole. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And we and we do have a lot of folks that came in from other industries mm-hmm. uh, that work within my department. And so, you know, they find it very valuable to, to talk about those things and help them gain that uh, insight. Yeah. 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 It's so true about healthcare being super unique 
from the HR perspective, right? Because mm-hmm. it's, uh, do you ever get the feeling like you have to be a generalist and a specialist oh, yeah. in the health system, right? Because it's mm-hmm. not like if you're HR at a tech company, you only got to worry about so many different divisions, right? It's mm-hmm. probably the IT division and yeah. some support roles. And that's it. Sales, maybe, right? Yeah. Hospital, uh-uh. You have clinicians. It's a whole community. Yeah. Dietary, yeah. maintenance, materials management. Yeah, mm-hmm. I oh. think it's fascinating enough from the healthcare perspective and just learning how healthcare makes money. Right. right. And it requires a provider. Well, who are the providers? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like another industry where you're selling a, pr- a product or you're a consulting company and you're selling a service and then you can bill for all that time, whatever, whatever it is. It's very, it's very different. Yes. Um, and why are those roles so important? Mm-hmm. I mean, we could talk about staffing all day long, right? Yes. Why are these, why do we need these provider roles filled? Um, mm-hmm. Aside from patient care, like that's revenue generation, right? It's so critical. Yeah. Um, Tell us about like your transition into HR and how did how were you treated by your HR team? Did yeah. they put their arms around you and welcome you? Yeah. Were they hesitant? I mean, how did that all go down? Yeah, no, very much so. Um, you know, so I, as I mentioned earlier, I was thinking about a career shift. You know, uh, doing not a career shift, but a, a next role. You know, where I can and I always approach each role from the standpoint of how can I make a bigger impact for more. Yeah patients mm-hmm. sure. um, right that's how i always look at it and so um and my kids asked me you know when i was doing the clinical operations role and they were a little younger still they said dad do you still take care of patients and i said no i now take care of the people who take care of the patients yeah and uh they were like oh i get it i get it <laughs> and so uh so this yeah. is how i approach everything and so i was actually looking at a um employee health services role and uh through the course of that our chief people officer who i had worked with previously um, at, at one of our other uh, hospitals um, knew me pretty well and, and we had done a lot of work together on compensation and mm-hmm. on recruiting and the whole bit and uh, she said you know I think you should take a look at this workforce planning role I built out this workforce planning center that includes you know talent comp um, wow. career and performance development and, and a bunch of other functions that are in this center and you should take a look at it because we think you'd be good at it. And uh, they definitely welcomed me. The team was happy to have me yeah. um, bring in that insight. A talent we had already put in place, an operator to run talent. Uh-huh. Um, so somebody had been very successful in our in our clinical operations. She was already in place a month before me and she's done a great job and we've really, you know, beefed up talent uh, recruiting function and it's it's been uh, definitely welcome welcoming yeah. type environment i think that's fantastic you know i think if there's one thing hr people in healthcare uh could remember if they're ever struggling or you know not finding their purpose is like you can find deep purpose just in knowing and telling yourself every day because it's the truth and what you just said i am i am we are the people that take care of the people Mm-hmm. Taking care of the patients. Yes. So indirectly, yes. we're taking care. We're helping take care of the patients. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Right. Yeah. That's purpose. Yeah. I had everybody at a town hall meeting. We had about two hundred people there. Had them all stand up. Put the put one arm in the air. And I said, "You see what that is? Look around." I said, "That's how close you are to the bedside. One arm away." Wow. Yeah. And and it makes a big impact. And I also try to always include a patient story video uh, mm-hmm. with our meetings because it just brings it back yeah to why you're doing what you're doing why we're privileged to do this work yep can you uh jonathan i, I love this uh just the career path change and uh, what you're doing now and just bringing it all together can you talk uh like imagine you're talking to a smaller hr team out there because there's tons of them. northwell 
big respected organization right mm -hmm. so we come across of course smaller organizations the tail is long in healthcare right there's yes. lots of smaller ones we come across organizations that have small workforce planning and development i i dare call it a department it's usually mm -hmm. like you know a person right? right right uh can you talk a little bit about you know what how you're doing it there and how you're tying it back into the business need mm -hmm. so a person you know at a small organization that's super interested in this mm -hmm. uh can make a big impact themselves yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, it, it all ties together and we do a lot of it through our um, EDIMB lens as well. So when, um, you know, we started in our career and performance development uh, division, we started um, to categorize our mentorship programs and found that we had over 50 different uh, mentorship programs happening throughout the organization and nobody knew what anybody else was kind of doing and so that really department centralized it created the northwell mentorship experience program using technology platform to uh, match up mentors and mentees um, so that's been in place now it's on its second cohort and similarly we had the vision for career advisement center right because you have to give people line of sight mm -hmm. to what's the possible for their careers if you want them to stay and our average tenure is around 7.8 years um, at our at our uh, system so you need to uh, give them that line of sight and through the career advisement program we envisioned close to what you might find on a college campus where you can go to the advisement center and do some career exploration and then get, you know, potentially connected with somebody who does the role uh, on the outside. We're trying to build that internally and we're, uh, you know, being pretty successful at it so far. I don't know if we'll ever get brick and mortar just because of our geographic span, but uh, certainly a, a virtual advisement center, you know, so envision you, uh, you know, you contact the advisement center, you speak to the general advisor, mm -hmm. you do some ONET assessment, you know, kind of find out what fields you might have an aptitude or, you know, would bring you joy in your career. And then uh, we connect you with somebody to talk to who's living that that role and wow. can tell you kind of awesome. what, what their insights are, you know, how you get there, was it worth it, you know, those type of things before you invest time and yeah. money in, in education to get there. That's all, that's fantastic. It's amazing. And what's best about this story is you had that person too mm -hmm. bring you into this role. Yes. Right. Yes. Which is just coming full circle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And it, it, you know, I I just want this to really resonate with listeners because like look at how important this is at Northwell, right? And what they're doing in a large city, like at a, at a large scale. It's even more important when you get into rural markets, rural healthcare, because those folks don't exist. You can't just go out and hire more people. You might not want to hear this in the rural markets, but there's just not people to recruit sometimes, mm -hmm. you know? So what you're doing now, I think is just so applicable across the nation that you can grow health systems, you know, by what the community gives you. Yeah. yeah. Your people are your hands down, your current people, your current staff, mm -hmm. your best asset. Without a doubt. Out, without a doubt. Right. Yeah. And, and putting those types of things in place and, and just being open People want to have conversations and grab a mentor. Man, that's yeah. powerful. Yeah, and you, you have to develop your people, and you have to give them the uh, the opportunities. Um, so we certainly looking are looking at apprenticeship programs as well, uh, skill assessments, skill gaps. You know mm -hmm. how you fill uh, those gaps. You know, looking out, uh, you know, into the future as to what the the roles that are going to be needed, which ones are going to become less needed. 
you know, especially given uh, generative AI and, and other technologies that are mm-hmm. going to change the way we do work. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, we need to help our people. Our people are still our people. Right. We don't yeah. want them displaced. So we have to help them, you know, to adapt and move into new roles that, you know, will hopefully be more challenging to them than some of the rote things they're doing today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you think about the future of your organization and doing these things, you, you can you can truly imagine a realistic future where, you know, if you did have a gap in a certain certain area, you may have somebody who worked in that area and they've they had their pathway and they jumped to a different mm-hmm. a different career oper- different career path, but they yes. still have those skills. Mm-hmm. They they may just volunteer to fill in. Say, hey, can I take a shift back in my old job to help out? Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's yeah, the sky's yeah. the limit. And the future is so important. Um, our chief people officer asked us all to all of her direct reports to kind of come up with an area they want to be a subject matter expert in. And oh. so uh, I, d- I decided I wanted to become a healthcare futurist. Mm, so I, I just took a certificate program at the University of Houston in f- uh, strategic foresight. So uh, nice. I'm hoping to, you know, develop those skills further, do some projects and yeah. start to become more of an organizational futurist um, to help, you know, kind of guide that, that workforce planning into the future. Well, to that end, where, where's the puck going? In your eyes, if we look out to the future, because we, you know, post pandemic, it's safe to say that staffing and labor is just an absolute wreck across the country in healthcare mm-hmm. right now. I know mm-hmm. workforce planning is on everyone's mind. Where's, yes. the, where's the puck going in the future? Uh, zero restraints here. Like, where's mm-hmm. it going? <laughs> yeah. So I think, you know, there are going to be some interesting roles that are going to come up. Um, like, uh, you know, virtual reality programmers or augmented reality programmers. You certainly hear about AI prompt engineers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there's just going to be all these roles that, um, are going to make use of technology that we, you know, hadn't thought of previously that, right. you know, are going to be needed. Um, you know, I think flexibility is a key, key, you know, I've heard people say flexibility is a new currency. You know, we certainly, you know, hear it at a lot of these uh, HR discussions that we have that, you know, you can't, you have to break the mold. You know, you have to think about what the, uh, you know, old way of doing things is and just kind of say, all right, well, how is that not working anymore? And and what do we have to do to uh, make it that we're able to attract and retain people in healthcare? Because, uh, what uh was was what was on people's radar years ago is no longer what their focus is you know and uh we try not to use the term work life balance uh we will use work life integration i heard one recently work life harmony that's us work I life liked, harmony i liked work life harmony we're all about it yeah cuz uh you know where does one end and and one begin and if you have ultimate flexibility you know you can definitely you know have that work in harmony together yeah um you know so imagine you know you you start the day in the morning you you do a couple hours of, of work you then go take care of whatever in your life requires you right. know needs your attention and then uh, you come back and you do a little bit more and then you go do something else for a little while and you come back and you do a little bit more and you do it on your schedule so wherever can be done asynchronously why not now that won't work for every every single role but right but where you can do it why not yeah, it's such a um, it's such a mindset along with the the actual concept of integration or work life or harmony. Um, it changes how you think. It'll change how you how you behave. Most importantly, 
Luke and I say this all the time and we will just keep never stop talking about it because mm -hmm. those that are still on the work-life balance kick, right? Balance automatically sets the mind to it's one or the other. Yes. Right? And that is that puts you in a different mindset, different paradigm um, that's not necessarily a positive one. Right. Right? And achieving integration, harmony, mm -hmm. it it makes your whole day just flow. Yes. Right. Yeah. Now, of course, the flip side to it is, is that you could potentially argue that, well, then you're always on, you're always working, but aren't you anyway, kind of yeah, in you your are. mind, right? Well, and even worse, not only are you always on, you're in mentally, you're forced to make a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. That's a lose, lose situation. Right. What are you going to do here? The options are, I'm going to sacrifice my professional life, my vocation, my, mm -hmm. my passion, Right. Or I'm going to sacrifice my family. Like, uh-uh, I'm not, I don't want to do no. either of those no. things. That's no. terrible. And mm -hmm. I even find like with the kids, like getting them involved in mundane things that actually put work and life together in a, a way you wouldn't think about, like packing my computer in my bag to get to mm -hmm. this conference. Like yeah. I did that with my three-year-old, right? Yeah. We yeah. looked at some toys. I asked him, I was like, do you want me to bring any of your toys to Savannah with me? I can take pictures of them and send them to you. I thought mm -hmm. it was going to be awesome. He said, no, he did not. Want to <laughs> <play with> it. <laughs> it was a good idea though. It was a great idea, yeah, right? Yeah. It, it was yeah. thoughtful, but, but like I still like, even while I'm here, I'm like, you know, I'm really grateful for that interaction and it should be that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the reality of it is you wake up in the morning, you go to bed at night, you're literally working all day. Right. And even when you're done working for, for pay and you go home, there's still things that you're doing at home that that's actually somebody else's job. Yeah. Whether it's yeah. cleaning, taking care of the kids, take your family on a, on a, on a day trip. Well, your kids get to go on field trips at school, mm -hmm. right? There's somebody getting paid to take them on a field trip. So it's, it's all encompassing. So it's, it also comes down to how you view work. Yes. yes. I mean, yeah. we weren't designed mm -hmm. for a sedentary, right. do nothing right. life. I'm going to get up. I'm going to do stuff. I'm going to do stuff. That That's may it. be work. That may be family stuff. That may be volunteer stuff. But I'm going to get up and I'm, I'm going to do stuff. And when I get tired, I'm going to go to bed. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, That's life. That's right. Right. And I think when you switch that to integration, harmony, it, it, it can really make a difference in how you view things. I agree. True. Yeah. Another thing that helps with me is I'll, I'll remind myself now. I don't know how great. I think it helps me. All right. Maybe it'll help other people's when you get too overstressed about work internally. I say to myself, Luke, it's just a job. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and think about it for a minute. Like yeah. it's just a job. If it's not going to bother me in five years, why would I worry about it more than five minutes? Like this is yes. other people have my back. The problem is way bigger in my head than it is in reality. Yeah. And I find when we freak out, you know, we just kind of spiral out of control and it actually yeah. inhibits us from solving the problem right. in an effective way. That's yeah. Right. You got to stay calm, cool, collected. And, yeah. you know, people ask me, how can you be so calm and cool? And I'm like, well, nobody's dying. You know, uh, this is really, you know, we're going to work through this. We're going to figure this out. You've it's, got the perspective. It, I have the perspective. So it's, you know, yep. it's doable. We'll just it's doable. take, I told, I was in a, out to dinner the other night and the waitress was like, oh my gosh. And she's running around and I said, stop a second. Let's breathe for a second. Take a deep breath. It's yeah. going to be fine. Everything's good. And she went, thank you. I needed that. <laughs> beautiful that's beautiful well jonathan you are cool cool as a cucumber by the way uh i learned a ton from you this is great fantastic yeah, it's wonderful it's what it's all about um i i really loved this summit you know to the listeners out there uh if you get a chance to join this join ashra this summit especially for me i felt like we were able to make a lot more personal connections and keep those uh, conversations and connections going at a yeah. better level than you know the big conferences are good too 
but I don't know. This one just felt a little special. Yeah, this is my first time at Astra, and I uh, really uh, appreciate it. It's been uh, great to get to meet folks and learn from one another, and certainly great to hang out with you two today. Likewise, and please come back. Anything fun that you're working on or you start seeing results, we want to share that with the rest of the HR world to be better, know better, and do better, Bo. Amen. Amen to that. All right, Asher listeners, thanks for listening. We'll catch you soon. That's a wrap.